0: From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Al Cintella at police headquarters, Johnny. Yeah. You hear what happened at the Criterion Theater after the show last night? I was off duty when you called, but Sergeant Rogers gave me a fill-in this morning. So somebody tried to drop a sandbag on Amy Bradshaw, backstage. Yeah, a real near miss. You still think these attempts on her life are publicity stunts? Oh, it looks like your hunch was right. I'll have a couple of my boys keep an eye on Amy. Thanks. Johnny. You wanted to know the whereabouts of this guy, Bill York, the husband Amy separated from What have him. you got on him, Al? 768 West 4th Street,
1: down in Greenwich Village.
0: Thanks. I'll check it.
1: Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: New York City, expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To the home office, Northwestern Indemnity Alliance, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Amy Bradshaw matter. Expense account item 8, 275. Taxi from my hotel to Greenwich Village to try and locate a writer named Bill York, who had separated from Amy six months ago. Amy was a good actress, but she couldn't hide the fact she was plenty scared by the attempts on her life in the last three days. My hunch was it was someone close to Amy, and Bill York was very much on my list. After all, he was the beneficiary on her life insurance policy. I hadn't been to this part of the village in two or three years, but from the looks of it, it hadn't changed a bit. Defiantly shabby and run down. A few beards here and there, a few gals with long, straight hair. Bookstores and bars, side by side. I checked at the address Al Centella had given me. It was a beat-up old rooming house.
2: To interview the famous writer, something like that. Not exactly. Well, too bad. Here, I thought you wanted to carry my message to America. No, I'm afraid that's a little out of my department, Mister York. Amy did mention that
0: you were a writer. I can
2: tell you exactly what she said. She said, "You know, uh, Bill's a writer, a uh, sort of, right?" <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, Amy always felt it necessary to apologize for me. That was one thing about our marriage that was always so charming.
0: Well, look, I didn't come here to discuss your marriage, York. I don't know what you're so bitter about. It's
2: none of my business. My darling, what do I have to be bitter about? Here I am, an artist, living an unfettered life of freedom in Greenwich Village. What more could I ask? I guess I haven't read any of your books. Don't worry about it. You're in good company. You and the publishers. That's too bad. Must make a little problem in the grocery department. Oh, that doesn't worry me. You see, one can always manage to live comfortably in hock. Oh? And if one is willing to hock his soul, of course, the returns are much greater. I don't get you. That's not surprising, because nobody else but me would call it my soul. It's just the manuscript for an unpublished novel. Three years of work and sweat and pain. But my clever pawnbroker, Mr. Pomeroy, has a fair idea what it means to me. Mike Pomeroy, Amy's agent? Charming chap. Quite shrewd. In
0: other words, if you could raise some money, you could get this brainchild of yours out of hawk from him. Tell me, how long's it been since you've seen Amy? Several months. Why? You haven't been uptown near her apartment the last few days, huh?
2: No. You sure? Of course. Anything else?
0: No, not for
2: now. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
0: I was getting nowhere in my attempt to find out who was gunning for Amy Bradshaw, and I knew it. I called Mike Pomeroy, her agent, but he was out, so I took the next name on my list, the producer of Amy's play, Emery Taylor. Expense account item 9, 175, cab fare to Taylor's apartment in the mid-50s near the Museum of Modern Art. Taylor wasn't in, but his wife Dora was. She was sleek-looking and a little on the brittle side. She was sitting behind a small bar in the den, and she looked quite at home there. Drink? Thanks. Will your husband be back soon, Mrs. Taylor?
3: Who knows? Here. Oh, thank you. What do you want to see him about?
0: Amy Bradshaw.
3: What about Amy Bradshaw?
0: I wanted to ask him if he knew of anyone who might want to harm Amy for any reason.
3: Oh, I could answer that better than Emery. There is someone. There certainly is. Who? Me. Why? Would you like it if your husband was knocking himself out for your... Well, for a younger woman?
0: Well, now, isn't that part of the business?
3: Is it? That's not all. Amy's hurt plenty of people getting where she is.
0: You think your husband's one of them? I hope not. Who has she hurt, Mrs. Taylor?
3: Do you know Dave Coleman? Her director? He was very much in love with Amy a few months ago.
0: Oh, I see.
3: I don't like to see someone I like get the way he was. One night here, he had a couple too many. He said, uh, if he couldn't have her... Uh, oh. Funny how quick he got over it, though.
0: Never says anything about it anymore, huh?
3: Not a word.
0: What about Porter Kane?
3: Oh, you've met him.
0: Is he one of them that Amy's hurt?
3: No, no, he's not in that category. Whatever happened to hurt him... Must have happened at about the age of five. What do you mean? Oh, isn't that when most of our troubles start? (laughs) I wouldn't know. I once paid a psychiatrist $500 to tell me that's when mine started.
0: Your troubles?
3: Sure. Can't you tell, Mr. Dollard, I'm the mixed-up type.
0: Aren't we all, Mrs. Taylor? I left her still sitting behind the bar... And somehow I felt sorry for her. But she had given a new lead. David Coleman, Amy's director, who'd had it bad for Amy just a few months ago and had now completely recovered. Maybe. I made a mental note to have a little chat with Coleman that night. Then I put in another call to Mike Pomeroy. This time he was in and I finally talked him into meeting me at a little bar on West
4: 44th near the theater. But when I got there, I could see that he wasn't feeling very cooperative. Look, Dollar, I suggested once before, nice and polite, that maybe you should try minding your own business. I got the message, all right, Pomeroy, and now I've got one for you. I am minding
0: my own business. Hmm? This is what I was hired to do. The insurance company I represent holds a pretty hefty life insurance policy on Amy. And if she's in any danger, they want to know about it. But I told you before, I
4: think this whole thing's pretty silly.
0: I had a talk with Bill York, the writer this morning. Even though he and Amy are separated, you know, he's still the beneficiary on her policy. So? So he says he's
4: in hock to you. He's a bum. He wasn't doing Amy any good. She was worrying about him. When they split up, I told him as long as he stayed away from her, didn't try to see her, I'd keep him in groceries. I see. But naturally, I wanted some security.
0: The manuscript of his book, for
4: instance? (laughs) Oh, great unborn American novel.
0: Well, apparently that manuscript means a lot to him. That's why
4: I figured it'd be good security. What's the matter, Dollar? You look like you uh, smelled something bad. Do I? What am I supposed to be? A philanthropist?
0: Let me make one thing clear, Pomeroy. As far as the kind of loans you make, I agree with you. It's none of my business. But maybe I just got a sensitive
4: nose. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, now I want my dough back. Is there anything wrong with that? Not a thing. I've got a play up. I know will go over big. I want to produce it. York's tab has run up to several thousand bucks now. I could use the money. I see. The stupid part of the whole deal is that York could pay me back within a couple of months if he wanted to. Oh. Sure. It's a lot of dough floating around. to be made in television these days. But that prima thinks he's way above that sort of thing. This play you want to
0: produce, Pomeroy, will it star Amy?
4: No. Sheila Mitchell. Oh.
0: Well, thanks for the information. Be seeing you. I doubt it. On my way over to the Criterion Theater, I thought about Pomeroy. A rugged customer... And I felt he was one more who wouldn't let anyone stand in the way of anything he wanted to do. After the show, I picked up Amy backstage and took her back to her apartment. She looked very tired and didn't say much. We said goodnight at the front entrance, and I started walking along the sidewalk. Then I spotted somebody in the shadows across the street again, watching. I could tell from his hat and coat he was the same one who'd been there the night before last. I kept on walking until I reached the corner, then circled halfway around the block to an alley and edged up on him from behind. He didn't see me until I dove at him. Well, Bill York.
2: What are you doing here?
0: So you haven't been near Amy for a long time, huh? Except tonight and the night before last, watching her apartment. Come on, York, start talking. And it better be good. (laughs) Johnny Dollar.
4: Al Cintella police headquarters, Johnny.
0: Better get over here to my hotel room, Al. I've got company. Who is it? Bill York. Amy Bradshaw's ex-husband? Right. I caught him watching her apartment half an hour ago, and he's the one who was watching it the other night. This time, I had better luck catching him. Has he opened up yet? No, but he will. Johnny, take it easy with him. I think he's got plenty to tell us. Looks like he's the boy we're after, Al. I'll be right over. New York City. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To the home office, Northwestern Indemnity Alliance, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Amy Bradshaw matter. Amy, star of a Broadway play, and somebody was out to get her. Expense account item ten, three dollars, repairs to one coat sleeve. Torn in the process of inviting Bill York up to my hotel room.
2: you've got no right to drag me up here to your room this way.
0: York, you're going to sit right here until you open up and tell me all about the attempt on Amy Bradshaw's life. What? Here, come in. Oh, Al. Hi, Johnny. York, this is Detective Lieutenant Al Centella. Look here, Lieutenant, what's this all about? Well, I kind of thought that's what you'd tell us, Mr. York.
2: This is crazy. Why would I want to kill Amy?
0: You're aware that you're still the beneficiary on Amy's insurance policy. What? Even if I Also, you need money and you need it bad. You're several thousand bucks in debt to Mike Pomeroy, Amy's agent. He's been pressing you for it lately. Look, Dollar. And you know you can't get the manuscript of your novel out of hock from him until you pay off. You've got two strikes against you, York. Motive and opportunity.
2: Opportunity? Sure, but motive? No, Dollar. I've never had any reason to kill Amy. It's true she and I couldn't make it together, but I guess that was more my fault than hers. Go on. You see, Amy's never let anything stand in the way of what she wanted. What she wanted, I didn't. I guess we just lived in two different worlds. What do you mean? She's always been a success, and I've always been a failure.
0: You still haven't explained why you lied to me, York. Lied? When I talked to you this morning, you told me you hadn't been near Amy for a long time. But when I caught up with you in front of her apartment tonight, I realized you were the same one who was watching a night before last. How about that,
2: York? You fellows don't believe me much. What do you mean? Sure, once in a while I go stand outside her apartment house, look up at the light on the window, maybe think a little about how things might have been. That's all. Uh, maybe you better
0: come downtown with me, York. We'll check your story further. If you're clean, you've got nothing to worry about. All right, Lieutenant. Sergeant, take Mr. York down to the car and wait for me there. Johnny, who else have you talked to? Oh, everybody close to her. But the one who interests me most is her agent, Mike Pomeroy. He can be a pretty rough customer when he wants to. And he thinks Amy's standing in the way of a career for an actress he's currently interested in.
4: Let's talk about somebody else for a moment. Who? You, Johnny.
0: I think you're getting a little bit out of line. What do you mean? Down at police headquarters, we got a little black book. It tells us what to do and what not to do. It doesn't say anything about insurance investigators dragging possible suspects to their hotel room to question him. Listen, Al, when I'm assigned to a case, I usually try to break it any way I can. I know. It's just that I think you're taking this case pretty big. Meaning? Yesterday I told you that if I didn't know you better, I'd think you were falling for Amy a little yourself.
4: Think it over, Johnny.
0: Expense account item 11, $4, drinks me. I thought about what Al Centella had said. The possibility I was falling for Amy Bradshaw. Thought about it for two hours. Finally, I decided I had to find out if he was right. I went over to Amy's apartment.
5: It was good of you to come over, Johnny. I just can't seem to sleep lately. Yeah. I noticed there's a policeman on duty down in the lobby.
0: Lieutenant Centella arrange for that.
5: It's funny. It should make me feel better, but it doesn't. It just keeps reminding me of it. The threat on my life. I'm glad you're here, Johnny. So am I. Awfully glad. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but Do you hear any
0: objections?
5: Well, oh, no. who could Excuse me. Yeah, sure. Hello? Yes? Oh, Porter. What? No, I'm sorry. I... No, really, Porter, it's out of the question. No, I... Good night, Porter. Okay, Huh? Yes, I suppose he means well. But he can be rather annoying. Do you have a cigarette, Johnny? Here. Thanks. You seem rather quiet tonight.
0: Oh, just thinking, I guess.
5: It's funny. Hmm. Our meeting like this. Yeah. Just a few days ago, I didn't know you at all. And now. And now what? I don't know, Johnny. I don't know. A mistake, Johnny. I'm sorry. Was it? Yes. Johnny, I'm afraid I've hurt a couple of people in the past. I don't want to hurt you. Don't worry. You won't.
0: And
5: that's the wonderful thing about being an actress. You play so many parts.
0: The kiss. That was playing
5: a part, huh? Even if it weren't, Johnny, it'd be no good. There'd always be something between us. It's right over there on the mantel. The clock? Yes. We can't turn it back. If I'd met you a long time ago before, Mike, or. But I didn't.
0: No. So? Is the clock so bad, Amy?
5: It is to an actress. Sometimes I pretend it isn't there. You ever do that, John? No, it doesn't do any good. But you can try can live a whole life trying. Isn't that really what we all do? I don't know. We go along, playing our parts, doing what we have to do, pretending the clock isn't there. But all the while it is. And though we keep on fighting against it, we know we can't turn it back. We can't even stop it.
0: One thing I'd accomplished, I guess. I'd decided I wouldn't be seeing Amy anymore after this case was wound up. Winding it up, though, was another question. And I was still as far from home as ever on it. But I couldn't seem to get Porter Kane and his quaint little hobby of collecting things out of my mind.
1: Why, good evening, Mr. Dollar. Hello, Mr. Kane. Come in, come in. Thanks. I know it's late. I'm sorry. Not at all. As a matter of fact, I was hoping I'd see you again. I don't want to keep you. I see your hat and coat. No, again. I'm not going out. I've just come in. Oh. Uh, you said you were hoping you'd see me again? Yes, I enjoyed our other little chat very much. I um, suppose you came to talk some more about Amy Bradshaw. a matter of fact, Mr. Kane, I came to talk about you. Splendid. And about your hobby. Collecting. A fascinating hobby, Mr. Dollar. You take it pretty seriously, don't you? I've devoted most of my life to it. And I may say that I've succeeded rather brilliantly with it. Each item in my collection is incomparable, without equal. Yeah, one of a kind. And that, of course, is precisely why Amy is necessary to complete the collection, the crowning and final edition. Final? Yes. Uh, For your information, Mr. Dollar, when I've acquired Amy, I intend to cease my hobby. Oh. She will complete my collection. Without her, though, it is still incomplete. Mind if I ask you a couple of questions, Mr. Kane? Not not at all. You seem to have been pretty
0: successful with your collection. Have you ever run up against an item you wanted but couldn't get? Of course not.
1: That just doesn't happen. Has it
0: ever happened?
1: I can't remember that it ever... Yes. Yes, it did happen once. When? When I was nine years old. A playmate of mine had a lollipop that I admired greatly. He wouldn't give it to me, and he wouldn't sell it to me. What did you do? I I did the only logical thing there was to do. I smashed the lollipop Mr. Dollar. <laughs>
0: It's Amy Bradshaw, Johnny. Amy, it's 1 a.m., anything the matter?
5: Yes, can you come over right away?
0: Sure, your apartment?
5: No, I'm in my dressing room at the Criterion Theater.
0: At 1 o'clock in the... Amy, there's a policeman assigned to you. Is he with you?
5: No, I... I went out the back way. I came over here alone.
0: But why? He's supposed to be protecting you. Johnny,
5: I can't explain now, but I think I finally know who's been trying to kill me. I want to talk to
4: you right away over here. Hurry, please hurry. Hurry. <laughs>
0: New York City. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To the home office, Northwestern Indemnity Alliance, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Amy Bradshaw matter. Expense account item 12, $5. Taxi from my hotel to the Criterion Theater on West 44th. Two bucks for the fare, three bucks for getting me there in five minutes. Amy had sounded plenty scared over the phone. The cab skidded to a stop in front. I caught a glimpse of somebody at the other corner of the theater. It looked like Porter Kane. I couldn't be sure, and I didn't have time to find out right now. Backstage, it was quite dark, and I had to feel my way through some... The shot came from the direction of Amy's dressing room. Mike Pomeroy, your agent, was lying on the floor, dead. There was a gun on the floor, too, just inside the door.
1: Johnny! Oh, Johnny! What happened,
0: Amy? Amy, stop it! Tell me what happened.
1: The door. Door? The, the shot. It, it came from the door. I
0: ran outside the dressing room across the stage into the alley. No one in sight. Back inside, I found a light switch. So I phoned Al Centella at police headquarters. Told him what had happened. Amy was quieter now. Johnny. Amy, look. Look, I know it's tough for you to talk right now, but you've got to try and tell me.
5: I know. A little after midnight, Mike called me at my apartment. He said he wanted to talk to me about something important. His office is nearby, and he asked me to meet him here in my dressing room. So I came over right away. Go on. Mike and I started talking. Suddenly I saw the door opening a crack. A hand with a gun. Mike. Mike!
1: Easy, easy. I saw it, too, he, he dove in between me and the door.
0: And collected the slug.
5: He, he fell against the door and it slammed on the hand. And the gun dropped, and the next thing I remember, you were in the room.
0: You didn't see who was holding the gun?
5: No, just the hand. Amy... And there was something on one of the fingers that I recognized.
0: A large signet ring?
5: Yes, sir.
0: Yeah. It belonged to the guy out on the sidewalk, Porter Kane. <laughs> Lieutenant Centella arrived at Amy's dressing room, and Amy repeated her story to him. He sent a couple of his boys out to pick up Porter Kane. Alan, Amy, and I went down to headquarters. We left her in one room while we went into another to question Kane, who'd been picked up at his apartment.
1: See here, Lieutenant, I don't know what this is all about, but I certainly object to being routed out. Just
4: of... hold it, Kane. You know why you're down
1: here. I certainly do not. You don't know that Mike Pomeroy's dead, eh? Amy's agent? Really? Really? Well, I never did like that chap. Quite an insensitive person. Well, he's
0: real insensitive now, Kane. He's dead.
1: How did it happen?
0: Mike was shot by mistake. The real target
1: was Amy. Good heavens, no. When's the last time you saw Amy? The night before last. I spoke to her briefly after the show. You haven't talked to her on the telephone? No. You're lying. Now, see here, doctor. I phoned her at I... her apartment about 11 p.m. I was there. All right. I did telephone her. I suggested she meet me somewhere. I, I told her I'd wait for her outside her apartment. Go on. I saw her come out later by the alley, so I followed her to the theater, thinking she meant for us to talk there. But then I... I heard a shot. So you admit being in the vicinity. Well, yes, but I definitely did not go into the theater. Didn't you? Kane, Amy got a look at the hand holding the gun. There was a ring on one of the fingers. Ring? Your ring. She's completely mistaken. That's a very distinctive ring. It's not one that anybody be mistaken about. See here, Lieutenant, all of this this wild supposition is based on the assumption that I had a motive for wanting to kill Amy. You told
0: me what your motive was when I talked to you last evening in your apartment. What do you mean? I asked you what you'd do if you wanted something for your collection and couldn't get it. You told me a story about what happened when you were just a kid nine years old. But I, I Another say... Another kid had a lollipop you wanted. He wouldn't give it to you, so you smashed it. And that's what you were trying to do tonight in Amy's dressing room. You couldn't have her, so you tried to smash her. There wasn't much point in my hanging around. So I got Al Centella's permission to take Amy back to her apartment. We could wait there for any new developments. Amy didn't say a word all the way. When we got there, she sat in a chair staring at the wall. When she finally spoke, it was more like she was talking to herself.
5: He's dead, Amy. He's dead because of me. Stop talking that
0: way. Mike Pomeroy jumped in the way of a bullet. If he hadn't, you'd be dead.
5: Would have been better that Stop way. Stop it, Amy. Johnny. Yeah. I think.
0: You think what? Oh, just a minute. I'll get it. It was Al Cintella down at police headquarters. When he finished talking, I didn't say anything. There wasn't anything to say. After I hung up, I stood there a moment, staring out the window. It had started to rain. I felt old and tired and empty and sick. I went back into the other room again. Amy was sitting there,
5: looking at me.
4: Johnny?
0: Yeah, Amy.
5: Is that called for me? No. Who was it?
0: Lieutenant Centella... The gun that killed Mike Pomeroy. There were no fingerprints on it. You said you saw a bare hand with a ring on it holding the gun. A bare hand would have left fingerprints. You killed him, didn't you?
5: Yes, Johnny.
0: The attempts on your life, you faked them, didn't you, to convince people you were in danger so you could kill Pomeroy and we'd think the shot was intended for you. Why, Amy?
3: You
5: know why
0: yeah I guess so. You loved Mike. you knew he was growing away from you so fast
5: so very fast.
0: You saw him get interested in a younger actress. You knew she was taking your place with him.
5: Mike, I was dead. I couldn't stand that. I really couldn't. So I started making it look like I was in danger wasn't very hard, Johnny. I'm a good actress. Yeah. After a while, I almost began to believe I was in danger. But something was after me. was hunting me. It finally caught up with me and I did what I did. Which of us is the hunter, Johnny? And which is the hunted? Amy. Yes.
0: I think one of Lieutenant Centella's men is waiting for you out in the hall.
5: All right. Just one thing, Johnny. What is it? I'll need something now. Something. Don't forget me, Johnny. Give me that.
0: That you can count on, Amy. She walked out of the room, and she didn't look back. I'm glad she didn't. Expense account item 13, $16.50. Transportation and incidentals from New York back to Hartford. Expense account total, $185.20. End of account, end of report. Remarks? Amy repeated her confession to Lieutenant Centella. Her trial's coming up soon. Sweet case. Well, tomorrow's another day. So they tell me. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: Now, here's our star to tell you about next week's exciting story. Next week,
0: a case with a great big question mark. Accident, suicide, or just plain murder? Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Robert Reif, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in this week's cast were Virginia Gregg, Florence Walcott, Don Diamond, Larry Thor, Vic Perrin, and Carlton Young. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Roy Rowan speaking.